This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at littleempirepodcast.com and on Instagram at littleempirepodcasts. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. This is You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Hello and welcome to Dick Full of Diamonds, Mouth Full of Concrete FM. Coming to you live with Jimbo Jones, your favourite DJ. And Kearney, your favourite co-host. Kearney, it's the start of a blistering six-hour shift. How are you feeling? <laughs> You've come in from the hot, hot sun. You look sunburned, Kearney. You look yeah, messed I'm, up. I'm not doing so good, man. I don't know about this six-hour marathon mega mashup session that we're planning. You hear that in the background? That's, that's my mix, not caring about your discomfort or trepidation about this, this shift, this banging I shift. Gotta, I've got to tell you that... could. That mix is really, um, it's quite jarring for me because it comes through in bursts. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very uncomfortable to listen to. It's making me feel slightly insane. Yeah, that's a good thing, ultimately. This is good for you. Cooney, what's been happening in your week? What's been happening in your life? Uh, we get the beats in- all warmed up, I want to I wanna hear about Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm in Rome. I'm in Rome, bro. It's going off. It's all going off here. It's 9.30 in the morning. I set an alarm for this. I can't think of a better way to wake up than with a helping of Zicoli and the boys. Yes, And bro. then um, listening to the credit soundtrack through my headphones through Skype. It's a really lovely, gentle wake up. You know, there's a lot it's- of... Talk and discussions about audio quality these days, but in some ways, listening to music through uh, two Skype cell phones talking to each other is sort of the only way to listen to music now. It's 2016. This is the sound. It sounds like you're making beet soup, like you're just putting a bunch of different shit in a pot and hoping it works out. Kearney, you've always been good with the words, and I've always been good with the beats. That's how this radio relationship works. What do you want to hey, do? Hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you very much. Jimbo Jones is now a man of 29 years. And I actually thought, potentially, I was going to spend my birthday like Tim Bat did last year, and I was going to try and jack up with you a time to do it, because the, the episode's so overdue, and I, for whatever it's worth, I have nothing to do it. My name's Jimbo Jones and I run a radio station, but um, I know that those boys who do the potty, they're mighty disappointed in themselves and they feel bad for letting you, letting you all down. I don't believe that for a second. I think that the boys who do the podcast, um, yeah, they might feel a touch bad about it. I don't know if anyone was let down. The movie's been watched. The discussion will take place. That's right. There's nothing for it. i got That's nothing right. to say. Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear something? Kearney, I always want to hear from you. So this is, I think, probably quite a powerful uh, real-life metaphor for how I feel about the movie and how I felt about Zicoli's contribution to the music world. Um, Yes, bro. When he was DJing at Summerfest, which, Mm -hmm. as we all know, is pretty much all he wants in life. Mm. the, The whole, As far as I can tell, the whole reason for the movie is to put Zicoli on that stage he wants to be there in that American apparel car park just blasting tunes yeah not not unlike yourself Jimbo and um, as he was sort of like maybe a minute into his terrible mix and it was the worst it, it came through the worst I've ever heard it um, the song it, it felt like I was listening to the first studio session of someone trying to make a song do you know I was so bored in the middle of this movie that I just turned the speakers up to almost as loud as they would go and just just fucking assaulted myself with We Are Your Friends? It's it a pretty was, good fix. 
It's so jarring though. It really comes at you. It's it's fucking. Whoosh. It's like that well, monster think... in Stranger Things, man. It comes through the wall. It tries to grab grab you. It's terrifying. Oh, bloody Stranger Things spoiler for those of us who haven't even gotten round to it yet. Soz balls, soz balls. But I, I nah, didn't it's... ruin too much. It's okay. Um, I so as uh, Zakoli was playing, you know, playing his life's work to a surprisingly engaged car park full of tweens. Yes, gyrating tweens, to, no less. I had to do a, a wee, and so I stood up and walked to the bathroom and took a piss. And it occurred to me that that is exactly the same level of respect I would treat Zakoli as a DJ. Whoa. If he was playing that song at the actual festival itself. You know, like your mates are all going ballistic and you're like, do you know what? This one, not really for me. I'm going to go to the bathroom, maybe grab a churros and a beer. I'm just going right, to be right, skulking right. around the back of the car park waiting for another DJ to come on because this, frankly, is unfucking acceptable Well, fuck me. That's, uh, this movie is and the you know equivalent of, of, of waste, a waste product. I- I'll go a step further. I'd say if we went to that music festival together, Zakoli steps up to the plate to DJ. Yes. He starts playing. Everyone's going ballistic. And I turned to you and I said, do you know what? This one's not really for me. You'd probably say, fuck, bro. I was hoping you'd say exactly that because I hate this shit. Do you want to go is. get a churros and a beer and it skulk is. around the back of the car park? Hey, fuck, you're, you're not wrong, dude. You're not wrong. We'd be there. Ev- everyone in that pit, that sweaty pit, would be gyrating their little tween ass off and that excitement would dissipate as it generally does as a music gig and there we are at the back just getting a little bit old for it just trying to pretend like we're having a great time and all it takes but- is a little crack in that thin veneer of social propriety and, and suddenly the floodgates open and it's just a relief that someone else is in the same predicament you are and that's when you start making good decisions because right. honesty there we are. is the key. Churros in hand, beer in the other. A Bentley pulls up. Someone says, hey, do you guys work here? We look at each other. A cheeky glint passes both of our eyes. We say, heck yeah, we do. We'll park that car for you. The guy says, what are your names? To which we answered, my name is Jimbo Jones. And you replied with... And I'm, Ke- and I'm Kearney. The Kern. And then the the guy in the Bentley said, did you guys name yourselves after the bullies from The Simpsons? And we'll say, not at all. That is a coincidence. We are roughly the same age as The Simpsons. It's very unlikely that they had made the sort of cultural waves wherein you could name yourself after them if you were created at the same time as them. You showed him. Boy, did you show him that day. There we were, <laughs> churros in hands. Just back chatting to someone right. who apparently right. we were showing off to by pretending we were chauffeurs at a music festival. We weren't showing off. We were looking for a ride in that sweet, sweet Bentley. You will have also noted the eagle-eared amongst you that Tim and I are now churros and hands. One churros has been eaten. We're holding one churros <laughs> now between us. Our hands are entirely full, but the we'll park the car. are a tricky one to navigate when the word ends with an S. What is the plural? Churai. Churai. Churik. Churos and hands. Churosis? I feel like it's not... I feel like the word is pluralized by what you say before it. So a churros each in hand. It's purely contextual. I mean, it's it's a complicated word. It's a complicated language. All right, what about this? There was churros... Betwixt them. That sounds like it was. Yeah. That sounds like we're holding the same churros. You reckon it's one? Okay. Okay. I like that. Hey, can I throw um, my favourite bit of the movie to you this week? Otherwise known as the shining light. Yeah, man. Help yourself. Okay. Okay, great. I'm glad that my enthusiasm was met with an equal amount of enthusiasm for the segment. Um, my shining light this week, our 14th, 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 15th, 15th watch of We Are Your Friends, 
is uh, our favourite sole trader at Gold Star Realties, dick full of diamond, mouth full of concrete. He walks out of Tanya Romero's house full cocked, just looking like the absolute bee's knees, very proud of himself. And uh, he says to Zicoli, or he actually, he sort, of, he sort of says it to himself, and this is why it was my my shining light, the interpretation that I've taken. He says, see that chandelier? We're going to sell this place for three fifty, maybe 400000 or I can't remember the numbers. It's something like that. And this week, in my head, instead of chandelier being the object, as in he's saying to Zicoli, do you see that chandelier? to suggest how much it is he's seen someone across that wall that he basically says see that chandelier like there's someone on the other side of it called chandelier so he's talking to chandelier saying do you see that like he wants to fucking <laughs> just let chandelier know that our man has closed a deal today and there's going to be fish on the table there will be a full dick of diamonds and the highest grade concrete in his mouth um, so the fish is presumably a looking fish, not for consumption. It is a looking fish for the table. Okay, and it's a, a lot of questions. Fish. A, a lot of questions over here. Yes. What is Paige's relation to chandelier? Well, you know how we know there's a strip club because uh, your friend of mine, James Reed from the Feelers, takes Sokoli there to look at strippers on his birthday. Which uh, there's so much I want to get into. <laughs> around that those couple of scenes this week because they really tickled me um so we know we, we know in the world of we are your friends that there is a strip club and if you pardon my passing someone's uh name and applying an o- occupation to them uh my assumption is that chandelier works at the strip club and my assumption of page is he's the kind of man who would frequent said den of iniquities he does have that look and feel about him doesn't he that's how he attempts to close the big deals. There's some bank manager involved. He comes on with his, you know, tales of his Sicilian mother who was a fantastic cook. And then he says, how about we go uh, finish this deal up over a cold one? And then they get in his nice shiny BMW car and uh, and they drive down to the strippies. Okay. So, and, so I understand the the connection but beyond how they know one another i don't understand why chandelier's in the neighborhood why page would be bragging to chandelier i mean are they friends are they romantically involved yeah i don't think they're entangled romantically my feeling is that page is such a frequent and good customer there because he likes splashing his money around in front of other people to show off to try and close deals you know that kind of show of power that uh Mm -hmm. he's he's a good tipper he's a good tipper in the strippies and the the girls love him as a result. Uh, he's there bringing the noise, bringing the good paycheck, treating people with respect, doesn't cause any any trouble, um, no fights, no touching, nothing like that. And uh, everyone everyone gets their own looking fish with the money he provides. So okay, I understand they're, that. <laughs> they're just like a good professional acquaintance type relationship why is she following him around when he does his work does she oh, live she, next door to tanya she romero lives there. she lives next door to tanya romero that's how amazing this kind of cross-section of society suburb oh is. wow you got okay you got so tanya romero, you- solo parents just trying to make ends meet right next door to the to the stripper so do you think chandelier and tanya romero don't get along because for me Paige would only brag to Chandelier if Chandelier had previously told him during their work that she's got a really loud and annoying neighbour. Uh, it's, it's like Tanya Romero's kid is a little monster. She's yeah. up all hours. Yeah. You've uh, got good instincts, guy. You've got a, a very keen eye on that. What I will correct is that it's actually not the noise or behaviour or anything of either neighbour. It's actually Tanya has had a couple of words to Chandelier about covering up when she's outside because she's got an impressionable oh. young boy and Chandelier didn't take too kindly to that. So they had a bit of a falling out over it. And so, I mean, is, is this this wasn't orchestrated by Paige, you know, per se. It was just a fortunate coincidence that the house is go, that's going into liquidation is next door to Chandelier's 
He knew Paige, that. Paige didn't even know where Chandelier lived. He's just, he, that's how good he is at rolling with the punches. There's no surprise in his voice. He just looks over at that concrete wall, sees her, and continues talking and works her into the conversation. That's how smooth an operator this guy is, and that's how you get the big bucks. That's how you get the looking fish in this life, Guy Montgomery. Roll with the punches. Look over a wall. You see chandelier? You brag to chandelier. Don't even take a half a breath. See that chandelier? I'm going to sell that fucking house. <laughs> that woman's life is over. I'm a big deal. Yeah, that is, um, I got to say, I mean, there's a reason he is where he is, you know? Absolutely. He's, un- he's unafraid to fuck precious stones. Mm. And he's uh, he's very good on the fly. Yeah, man. I'm glad that you brought up um, sort of in, in passing the birthday scene and the, and the strippies. Oh, yes. Um, because my shining light, Tim, if yeah. you will, and again, this is one of those sort of abstract shining lights I do where it's, it's similar to you, actually. It's not um, what the movie made it for, but it's it's more, it opens up a portal to what I would like to see from the movie or, you know, there's a little uh, wormhole wherein I could squeeze in and start enjoying myself forever at such a brief moment during this fucking god-awful screening of We Are Your Friends. And Hit that would like be... like Matthew McConaughey did when he went through that wormhole. Hit it hard, hit it bravely. Um, So... You know, James Reed from the Feelers and Somali returned from their band, birthday. Eh? Great band, The Feelers. Band. Yes. Yeah, I would love for the lyrics. We, do you know what? I actually submitted a design for the new New Zealand flag um, when when they opened the contest to all of the country. Yeah, and this my is, submission, he's not making this up, by the way, everyone. New Zealand recently had a referendum on changing our flag. My submission was the lyrics to Fishing Felisa written out in my own blood on a white cloth. Well, fuck, man. First of That's all, how- the white flag is <laughs> universally the symbol of surrender in the international community. And then you're Not writing- when it's covered in blood. <laughs> oh, my God. And fearless lyrics. <laughs> a New Zealand-based yeah. soft rock band whose prominence in the 90s was, I'm going to say, short-lived, man. No, no, they had a lot of good albums. At least two. <laughs> I'm fishing okay. for Lisa. Like You're a meeting in the water lost. I should have known better. Now I sit here trying to count my loss. I thought you were my reason to live. That's the first verse anyway. I mean, you can imagine I ran out of blood pretty quickly. I'll bet. Um, uh, so th- now they come home. Railroaded. They We're come home. Birthdays. Oh yes, please. I got a. My dear friend uh, Jono has walked into the room, shaking an empty percolator at me, and now he's dancing. Oh God! It's oh, must be morning just, where you are, huh? It is morning here. It's nine fifty four a.m. and he's mm-hmm. just like that. As soon as I stop talking about him, he leaves the room. God damn it! Um. So Somali and James Reed from the Feelers. What do they do? They get home from their meal. And the whole time, James Reed has been just thinking of this really witty quip to say when they get home so he can show off in front of Zaccoli, which is the line, you know why uh, the actors, oh, you know why the service sucks in LA, all of the waitresses are waiting for their break or whatever to get a sitcom. They can remember their lines, but they can't remember my fucking order. Yeah. And he pats himself on the back for being such a witty and clever boy. Yes, he does. Anyway, it looks like, the birthday dinner has not gone particularly well. Mm. We know that Somali's probably second-guessing the entire relationship on the back of her and Zakoli getting it done uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah. And uh, James Reed from the Feelers takes out the birthday cake. Somali does not like the way he's acting at all. <laughs> and she starts leaving. And... Uh, at this point, James Reed from the Feelers and Zicoli have got a fucking fistful of cake and they're just eating it out of their hands like the dogs that they are. And Somali continues on her merry way to bed and James Reed from the Feelers says, well, you know, Cole and I are going to eat this whole thing. You know, like a threat. Like if you don't get down here and start eating the cake, there's yeah. not going to be any cake left. Fucking hell. I wish that wasn't such a hollow threat. All I wanted was to sit in the kitchen with James Reed from the Feelers and Zicoli and hoe through that blueberry birthday cake. It's so it's- weird that you bring this up this week because, like, there weren't a lot of things 
that really jumped out at me this week. But I felt the exact same way, and I've never felt really? it anywhere near as strongly as this. That's, that was one of my points. When I said, um, started talking about the birthday party and the strippers and stuff, and that I'd, I'd need to get back to a few points, that was one of the two points I needed to get back to. Because it was just like a burning desire in my loins to watch two growing men finish a birthday cake with their hands out of That's spite. Right. Out of fucking Go. spite for someone who's gone to bed. I just wanted to see the whole thing in at least one speed. Maybe slow The mo. boys go full bog trotter. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> Lick the plate, lift Take it up over your head. Take <laughs> Throw it like a discus at the bedroom door. Fuck Make it be yeah. known that if you don't start eating this cake with us right now, there will be no cake for you. I don't care if you yeah, made it. Yeah. I don't care how you got it here. It's my birthday. I decide when we eat the cake. This is the cake eating time. What? <laughs> what did they all chant for him and Matilda when he started doing it? Was it just his uh, name? Brucey, Brucey, Brucey. Yeah, that's it. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think it was. Ah, what a moment! What a what a career defining moment for that young man and. Uh, Something I often have in the back of my psyche informing my decisions is that scene from Matilda. It's the ultimate that fuck is, you. That is, yeah. I mean, it, you know, because she tries to make an example of him and then little does... She underestimated the, the size of Bruce Bogtrotter's mm. stomach, uh, which scientists, after that uh, momentous occasion in the in the dining hall at the school, studied his stomach. It's twice the size of a regular human stomach. It's the same. They had to change the model of what possible stomachs there are out there just on based on this do you ever look at a meal and you look at it and you think to yourself now that meal is definitely bigger than the amount of space inside of my body where it's meant to land mm-hmm. isn't that crazy we it's are creatures of excess real weird it's just i keep coming back to that intense acid that's in there and just being like fuck man there must be some pretty potent stuff. Hey, also, can I just yeah. ask real quick? Have you got headphones on? Because I can hear my own voice coming back and, oh boy, do I not like it. Hey, that's exactly how I felt uh, at the top of the episode when there was music bouncing around my head. Three ah. steps removed. Um, and see. I am wearing headphones, so you can blame. I tell you what, um, if I had to scale the internet available across Europe. Yes. Um, Catechiz, Spain, still letting it, sitting in last place, but uh, Rome, Hold or at on, least the Airbnb play, I'm staying in. Is Catechiz the, the area where you didn't know enough Spanish to swear at your host mother to tell her about the <laughs> shoddy Wi-Fi speeds? That is exactly the place. Sorry, I just need to check. Uh, as you were. It's uh, all. All I'm trying to tell you is that the reason that you hear your voice back is because uh, this Roman internet connection feels like it's from ancient times. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And I thought I was the one who just had a birthday. Wah 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 wah. They're so obsessed with history. They're still using dial-up. <laughs> It's a good thing I don't have Skype open because that would have been the moment where I just flicked my finger out and just hung up on you right then and there. Then it'd be a pain in the oh, ass to get you back. Grazie. Uh, Jono has just bought me a delicious little cup of cup of homebrew coffee. Hey, I don't know if this is... Um, I'm going to gloss over that. I'm really happy you've got a coffee and actually I could fucking do with a, a real nice brew myself. Um, oh yeah, okay, hold on. One One thing in my head at a time. The second and final point that I wanted to address about the whole birthday strip club thing is that um, Zicoli and James Reed from the Feelers are shotting whiskey in shot glasses at a strip club. <laughs> I don't think that's no one right. A, Who shots no one's accused, whiskey? No one's accused them of being classy guys. All right, they've quite literally just finished an entire cake. They feel un- they're not making the best decisions right now for their body. I think it's an indictment on everyone, though. The strip club shouldn't even have a shot of whiskey as an option. Or not, don't serve it in a shot glass. Just put that amount in a tumbler and make them look like a real human being. 
No, you're kidding me. James Reed from the Fiddlers comes in. This guy frequents the club often, almost as much as Paige. He's got a lot of money to throw around. Mm. It's his birthday. He's a regular. He says, hey, I want a shot whiskey. What are they going to say? <laughs> yeah, true, I guess. I guess you're right, eh? That's, of course that's I'm the right. thing about success. When you get successful enough, you get to make your own rules. Like ordering when a you... shot glass full of whiskey at a strip club on your birthday after you've just eaten an entire half of a cake with your new friend. That's when you lose touch. Mm. And that's what I'm afraid is happening to James Reed. You think th- uh, you think he's normalized this kind of behavior. He doesn't realize that it's just birthday behavior and he might do it another day. I think I think he treats every day like his birthday. I mean, we know he's a we know he you know he has that on his birthday. Even he says to Sophie, uh, "Is everyone it on a t-shirt or something?" Because that's like it so fits the format of one of those Tumblr bumper sticker hashtag you know just slogans you'd see around everywhere. But I've never heard that one before. Treat every well, day be- like it's your birthday. Ah. Oh. I mean, if you want to make some good money on the shit t-shirt market, be my guest. You're fucking a! It's such a, it's like a live, laugh, love thing. But I think having a birthday should be synonymous with just being a fucking arrogant asshole like James Reed. Like I like that. Three hundred and sixty-four days of the year, I'm a nice guy. But one day of the year, when I celebrate my escape from the womb. I treat everyone like a piece of shit because it's my special day. But on a special day, he goes. So I guess this could this could fall under the umbrella of he's just saying it because it's his birthday. But he starts sort of espousing his politics towards Somali, and he says, um, "If everybody did what they wanted all the time, the world would be a better place." And mm. I just could not disagree more with that statement. <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, usually I play devil's advocate on this kind of thing, guy, but you're indisputably correct. There's there's no way <laughs> that everyone can just maximize their enjoyment and, and that will be a good thing overall. It's just, I mean, it's, it's anarchy. Not, it's it's literally yeah. hedonistic anarchy. Doesn't you know, work. we're living in a society. <laughs> yeah, with rules, James. I don't care what day of the year it is. There are rules. There are rules There are rules the in fun. place for a reason. I'd also like to mention, I'm just sipping on this delicious little coffee right now, mm. that uh, prior to that engagement with Jono, the first time we ran into each other this morning, um, he heard the, the rumblings of a movie happening in the bedroom I'm staying in. Mm-hmm. And it's very warm here in Rome. I think it's important that I tell that to you. Uh, what have you got there in centigrade? Uh, it's 30, uh, 30. I'll never stop asking you what the temperature is. And you never should reply to me in Fahrenheit. Well, so help me God, there'll be some consequences. I, you know, I like to fuck you off in a lot of different ways, Tim, but telling you the temperature in Fahrenheit is not one of them. For you idiotic Americans who refuse to engage with the proper way of understanding temperature, it's it's hot. I can, like, I put it to you, Americans. It's about 90. How can you have a boiling point which isn't 100 and a freezing point which isn't zero? Or how can you look at people with that system in place and not be like, you know what? We should probably change because what we're doing makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Jimmy Carter gave it a go and he's gone down as like one of the most hated presidents of all time. And I think those two things have a lot of something in common. In fact, I think serious? his attempt to instigate the metric system into the United States of America was his goddamn downfall. He used all his, pol- his political capital on trying to get a admittedly sensible system, but what would be a new one across, you know, 50 stars in that beautiful flag of yours. And uh, it couldn't do it because you guys love how shit is right now. Listen to this. Your freezing point is 32 degrees and the boiling point is 212. There's no fucking rhyme or reason. Those are just random numbers. And for those those who, um, who didn't get to the final grades in science... You want to know what freezing point is in centigrade? It's zero. And do you want to know what boiling point is? It's a hundred. That's how it fucking works in this system. One liter of water is one kg. It's all it's so, a thousand it's, kilometers. I mean, a thousand oh, meters man. per kilometer. It's just a good it's, system. It's so clean. It just works. Anyway, so yeah. mm. very hot. I've slept uh, sun's clothes. 
or sheet. You know, it's so warm that you're just, it's just you. You're it's Romulus, the full Monty, you're, you might say. You're Remus. You're sucking milk from a wolf's tit. You're sleeping on top of the bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie's happening, and I'm sort of watching it side on. Um, and Jono walks in, and there's a mirror, which is, for whatever reason, perfectly placed. That means that when he comes through the hallway towards the room, he catches an exact reflection of my situation. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, what Jono woke up to or walked in on would probably have been one of the grisliest sights <laughs> you can imagine for that hour of the morning. Oh, boy. What did he, has he, did he just promptly go back? Oh, wait, hold on. I've just realized what he saw. I, I tuned out I, I, for a fraction there, and in my brain, you were still asleep, so you were just a passed out naked person, but that's, that's not what he walked in on because you were watching the movie at the time. That's right. He laughed. He laughed audibly and then leant on the door frame as if to make his presence felt and be like, yes. I'm going to steer you out. And then I also laughed and quickly grabbed a corner of the sheet and covered myself. But he's already a, seen everything. Play all around. Way to assert dominance, Jono. Way to take control of the situation. And you acclimated, guy. Yeah, I did. He won that oh, round. Boy. Oh boy. That's it's hard. What a great out here. exchange. So, so his response to that was disappear for about another sixty minutes and then come back with an offer of coffee. What a good guy! That's right, very good guy. Um, Tim, yes, I put this to you. What is the difference? Early, like early in the, pretty much all the montage scenes in this movie, um, that I feel like was the marketing scheme, right? So they were like. Yeah. And we'll we'll write montages into the movie, and then we can just chop those up and make a trailer. And one of the early montages, um, when everyone's talking to camera to talk about how Zakoli's DJing and mm. Johnny Depp at one point, this was almost my shining light because it's such bad writing. Uh, God, I can't imagine reading that script and just being like, "I've got to say that down the barrel of the camera." Do you know how embarrassing that's going to be for me? But he barrels the camera and he says, "This isn't some uns uns bridge and tunnel bullshit." Yeah. Um, always a difficult it, line. Every performance of this, we are your friends. Yeah. It's a, always a difficult pill to swallow. He hasn't got it right yet. There is sometimes sometimes he doesn't get it super wrong, but he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't made it not jump out at me yet. Mm. Uh but Jahid is they've got a Scarface poster up in their bedroom because I guess <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why anyone has a Scarface poster up in their bedroom. I say that as someone who had a Scarface poster up in their bedroom. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, how did, did we all blind the iconography of Scarface? No, I didn't. Although I was uh, laughing with Jono yesterday because I don't know whose joke this is, but God, it's funny. It must. Have, it might have even been a tweet. So like you see all these people wearing Che Guevara t-shirts and a lot of them don't even know his music. Um, <laughs> but... He's got a Scarface poster up and he's taking a vivid and he's scribbling out over the why. So it goes from the world is yours to the world mm. is ours. Yeah. What is the ideological difference between those, between like, what's the, what is the difference? Why is he doing that? Why is he? Well, it's it's so stupid because he, so the, I mean, Scarface is a movie about selfishness and taking everything that you can. I've never seen it. I've gathered that by being a member of this society and by cult- cultural osmosis, just absorbing little themes and bits of the plot. Okay, it's about a guy taking everything for himself. So what the poster is doing is in the second person. I think I've got this right. Saying the the world is yours, like it's yours for the taking. But what Jay, whoever's scribbling this out, whatever they've done, is they've inserted themselves into the perspective and first person of the poster as if it is saying to to someone else, the world is yours, instead when it should be saying the world is mine. Because that would be a confusing thing to see on a poster. If it said the world is mine, you would be like, oh, well, fucking, I shouldn't bother trying to get it. But that's not how posters work. The slogan is talking to you. It's not your own thought so this fucking moron thinks it's some rebellious upgrade 
to go from the world is yours to the world is ours. He's not even taking it for himself by scribbling my on it. He's conceding that maybe if I tried really hard, I could get a little shared piece of it rather than it being wholly not mine. That's the reason why, guy. Because the fucking idiot hasn't worked out the perspective of which text goes on a poster like that. Maybe he's um, cut out a photo of his head and stuck it on top of Al Pacino's face. Yes. And so he did that first and then he was like, hold on, this completely changes the context of the poster because now I'm giving the world to someone else. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to scribble out the whole word, your word yours and write mine because that's just going to ruin the poster even more. It's sort of like when you're giving a haircut. Have you ever given someone a haircut? Never in my life. Have you? Uh, I'm pretty sure I have. Or I've either I've either given or been given a haircut that didn't quite go right. But you know, and you're cutting away, and suddenly you make quite a big cut, uh, and you're like, okay, well, like one area is unevenly shorter than the rest, and you think, okay, well that's okay, we can fix that, because I'll just cut the rest of the hair as short as that mistake. Yes. And that is the situation Jahid's found himself in, where he's like, well, I can't scribble out the word yours and write mine because. Right. The post, like, so he's he's just scribbled out the the why. Right. Or he could is it is it um is it sort of meant to represent the friendship and that is the world doesn't belong to any one of them because as a foursome they are greater than the sum of their parts and therefore the world is not belonging to any one of them individually but it is theirs. But as then a why unit. the fuck have they got a Scarface poster guy? Because those principles guys go against everything that Scarface is about. Because they're. Al Pacino doesn't spend two hours of that movie shaking hands. He he shoots people, guy. He's a drug dealer now. And there's a lot of cocaine. A mountain. A mountain of cocaine. A mountain Um, of cocaine. There's a movie that people keep bringing to our attention called XOXO, which, uh, if my memory serves me, is a Netflix original. And I just want to let everyone know Sorry we haven't brought it up. I did watch the trailer when everyone started flicking it over. And uh, <laughs> boy, howdy, that feels like a special ep in the making, Guy Montgomery. Have you I, seen, you've seen that? I haven't that seen link? the trailer, but I will take you at your word that if you if you think um, the trailer's good, I think the trailer's good. It's, and, they've, uh, just, they've remade this movie, but with yeah. um, different people. Well, maybe when we're finally reunited and get to watch movies together again. Um, yes. That could be a nice little treat for us. <laughs> and what a treat it will be. It'll, it'll just be a real... It'll be like when Netflix made that decision to give Adam Sandler a seven-picture deal. It'll just be like, yep, what a good idea from everyone involved in the room. Let's all give ourselves a million-dollar raise this year because we're all geniuses who know exactly what we're doing. Real I either read fingers on the pulse. A headline or the top paragraph of an article with like the... CEO of Netflix or the I don't know, head commissioner or whatever who was like having to stick up for Nip, the that deal specifically. He's like, no, what are you talking about? The movies, are, everyone loves the movies. The movies are, are most watched, like they debut as the most streamed thing on Netflix. It's like, what are your metrics? Well, clearly that. And I mean, realistically, we're the assholes. He's the guy who's got a network and is getting good numbers for his Adam Sandler movies. Power to him. I don't want to pretend like yeah. I'm smarter than that. I'm not. You you won. You all won. <laughs> Netflix, Mr. Sandler, whoever signed the deal, and Monsieur Commissioner at Netflix. Congratulations. I'm the arsehole. You got, you got that wrong. one right. I'm clearly incorrect on this one. Oh, boy. I wonder what Chandelier's doing right now. Probably stripping. <laughs> What's the time in LA? Mm. That's the question I ask you. It's like, one fifteen AM right now. Yeah, oh yeah. On a on a Friday night. That is big earning potential. Yeah, that's a huge night of the week. You get those bachelor parties coming in, especially this time of the year. People love getting married in August. Do they? Dunno. It's probably too hot for a wedding in um in Los Angeles this time of year. What are you talking about? We have our our uh, weddings in the hottest part of the year possible. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
Yesterday Go I was on. walking around Rome, all these Italian men walking around in oh, suits. Hey, can I just interrupt with- you for one second? I'm so sorry, but I'm going to forget this later. Is Rome full of fountains like I've been led to believe? <laughs> yeah, I can they- totally finally understand the context for that terrible anecdote James Reed tells when they're out for Mexican. Um, that, yeah, it's, I mean, the idea would you, would you of saying, use the word everywhere? I wouldn't say everywhere. I'd say there's still, you know, at least five buildings to a fountain. That's a lot. It's a good ratio. Is it, the I'm whole, so the, sorry. I, I interrupted no, you for this. It's fine. All I was going to say is I, I look at people wearing suits in the middle of the summer and my heart goes out to them it's like like i i know that they look like they're keeping it together but i also know that beneath that jacket it is just oh it's a mess it's drenched it's just a waterfall of pit sweat just absolutely soaking your sides and it can't be comfortable because you're like well okay the jacket is creating a lot of the problems here because the jacket's what's heating me up but yes. I'm also at a point where if I remove the jacket, I will be um, sort of showing myself in the worst possible light. Like if I take if I take the jacket away, yes, that will cool me down. But Pets at the cost of literally my shirt is sheer because of yeah. the amount of sweat that has been coming out of my body. Yeah. And you got what, what happens is these, these Italian men, they back themselves into a real um, catch-22. It's like it's a self-perpetuating cycle of abuse. You're walking around with the jacket on. You're only going to get hotter and sweatier. It's going to become harder for you to take the jacket off. Mm. I mean, and it's that- like it's it's like uh, it's like um, an emotional addiction to something: food, cigarettes, booze, whatever. You you consume the thing because you're not feeling good, and then having the thing makes you feel bad, so you consume more of the thing. It it is it is the reason you're in trouble, but it's your only coping mechanism. Italian men. Please, please, if if you're listening, get rid of those jackets. You don't need them. You live in Rome. You look it's, good. It's, no one's doubting it, that, but you look good without the jacket. That's right. It's warm enough. You don't need it. What do you think about suits, Tim? I'm a fan. I haven't worn one in ages. I feel like I could get back into a suit phase, though. I've I've got about four different suits of... Uh, none are particularly good, and they're all of varying colours. And uh, did you used to wear them to work? Uh, I wore a suit to work way back in the day, way way back in the day. I wore a suit probably five sizes too big for me, a little <laughs> off, off the rack number from Helen Signs. <laughs> that Possibly is exactly how I imagine you wearing a suit to work. Yeah, you and come in, you you're, you're literally doing laps in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Just like, wh- why even do it? That you're you undermining the value of wearing a suit. Yeah, exactly. Is there a, is like, like, the whole point a... of wearing a suit is to project some professionalism, and you're just taking the piss if you're going to pick that size for yourself. Is there a person underneath that mass of moving clothes? <laughs> the whole point of us having the chat about you wearing a suit is so that you looked respectable. And at this point, it looks like a pile of laundry is clocking in for the day at your terminal. Like, what the fuck? I didn't think I would say this, but please go back to wearing your Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt and cargo shorts because this suit experiment is not working out. You're making a lot of people uncomfortable. A lot of people, Sally from accounts, think there's a thinks there's a ghost in the office when you wear the suit. A haunted bunch of clothes. I mean, we've fired her, but that was because she's a moron. <laughs> but we st- that still doesn't fix the problem of what's up with you, man. You look bad. Worse than bad. Something In needs fact, to you, change. You know what? Don't take off the suit. Just get out of the, get out of the office. You're fired too. You and you're Sally. Done. You're done here. You did and this that- to Sally. Sally's gone and now you're gone too. You're like the jacket. You are the problem and the solution. This is the genesis of the haunted house because then you and Sally go out there yeah. and Sally explains why she was scared and you say, hey, that's actually a reasonable reaction to me walking around in this pile of clothes. What if 
You stand at the front door of a dark and abandoned house. I walk around inside the house wearing my suit on the phone, closing fake business deals. We charge people five bucks a pop to come in. They're terrified. They go out. They get a real adrenaline rush out of it. Tell their friends to come in. Suddenly, you got a business cooking. Love it. That's so good. It's fucking clever, man. It's smart. Good stuff. I, good stuff. It's all good I, stuff. I, John Lovitza. Hey, Tim, we are right. running out of time. And accordingly, it's pretty important that you and I, um, well, I think you know what I'm going to do. And a one. Oh, and a two. And a one, shit. two, three, four. Getting, Getting sentimental, sentimental with, with James, James Reed. Why wouldn't we take a line each or something? Like try, us perpetually trying to synchronize this is one of that, our worst ideas. That is part of the charm. The worst idea. So that is part of the charm, and also for what it's worth, on my connection, we were perfectly in time. Then I was slowing it down to sing in time with you. I can't wait to hear how it sounds on the actual episode. Uh, so, would you like to offer up your sentimental moment for us all, Monsieur Montgomery? With supreme pleasure. Uh, now, as as we well know, James Reed, not known for his sentimentality, but um, in this instance, uh, it overwhelms him completely. Uh, the he he he's beside himself with um with sentiment, and he he takes the opportunity to 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 get a gift for Zakoli, a gift that he puts within the confines of a MacBook Pro cardboard box. I can't uh, describe to you how much it sounds like you're stalling on this one, mate. This What's is for anyone. This is for anyone who's just started listening. It's context For anyone who's just started listening, this is a podcast where I hassle Guy and he tries to to paint a bit of a mental picture and bring people up to speed and I just hassle him. Yeah, it's a good it's a good concept. It's amazing we've made it this far without me snapping at you. Uh, yeah, and so he, he, he brings out the box. He says, I may have gotten a little sentimental. He hands over the box. Zac Efron opens the box. Inside of it is the childhood toy with which James Reed from the Feelers slept for the first 27 years of his life. It's a very small, very mm-hmm. dirty, plush bunny. Whoa. It's colouring completely off. The smell, unspeakable. And he hands it over to Zakoli. And as Zakoli receives the rancid plush childhood bunny of James Reed from the feelers James Reed explains this is the only way to advance your manhood you're not a real person until you're 27 alright mm. the, the only way for you to become a real person on a faster or steeper curve is for you to put this bunny in your pocket mm. and have it on you at all times shit heavy he can't be without the rancid bunny from there, there forth. It's, it's a, it's a passing of the baton, if you will. It's like a challenge it's coin, ju- isn't it? But it smells bad. It- <laughs> what? Yeah. What's a challenge coin? Challenge coin is uh, a coin that I think certain battalions and stuff would have in the army. It's just like a limited edition coin that you get minted yourself. And you've got to have it on your person at all times. And anyone who's part of your group that has been given a challenge coin can call upon the other members of that group to produce it at any given moment. And if they can't, they like have to buy the round of beers or whatever. And if you could, like, you know, it's a, it's a, it'd be like a, a championship ring if you gifted it to someone. Like it does happen, but it's a big deal to, to be given someone's challenge coin. That's right. It is like a challenge ring. And I it's think exactly you can like, like you can you can bet them as well. Like some people bet them, they you know they have a comp a shooting competition or something deeply masculine and skill ridden, and they'll be like, "I'm so confident that I'll beat you that I'm putting my challenge coin up as collateral." That is, yeah, that makes sense. And the reason that, that this works, this is a perfect parallel for the rancid bunny, is because he says you're not even a real person until you're 27. 
this bunny will make you a real person even though you're only 23. And if James Reed from the Feelers ever comes across as a Coley without the rancid bunny... Yeah, that, he doesn't make it. That, not an adult. that mentally means that Zaccoli is not not only an adult, but not a real yeah. person. Fucking and is therefore that. disposable. Take that, asshole. Shame. He's got you good. You are the stink in front of everyone forever. Well, you're not a, a real person. Well, guy, on that note, I would like to take a very brief stab at no but, the part of the podcast where we try to determine, based on this week's performance... Which part of the production they made up on the spot got loose from the page and ad-libbed their little heinies off? Just and had a bit of fun out there. I reckon it was uh, Johnny Depp's speech when they're at the cliff getting paid. Starts talking about Instagram. It was the first thing that came into his head because he had his phone out while they were shooting and he was just on Instagram. So he was like, fuck, I've got one for this, boys. I know, I know the old script. It's in my head. We've been doing it for the last 30 takes. But during that reset, I was flicking around. Go with me on this. I think I've got something. And boom, he just busts it out. And it inspires that, them. <laughs> that makes so much sense. There it is. <laughs> there's n- it's such a piss poor motivational speech. I know that we harp on about this, but Christ alive. When the chips are down... If you're if what you turn to is someone else's, some other person's, like some app developer's success, you are clutching. Absolutely. Guy, on that note, I'm going to say see you in the friend zone and I'm glad you've made it to Rome. And I don't know what that is playing in the background, but it sounds heartfelt. Oh, there we go. Yes. Yes. Shut it on better. Jimmy Reed from the Feelers. We're gonna get sued. Don't have the clearance to play music. See you next week, everybody. Ow! This movie's still fine. One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hothead, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try Boners of the Heart? And in Santa was fire, he looks very um, iron deficient, and that is actually a big attraction for me. Um, men who look iron deficient, uh, men with um, ba- um, dark bags under their eyes. What's wrong with that? Nah, nothing's wrong with it. It's just a very specific thing to find attractive about a person. Oh,